0: Last week, we talked about where we join Jesus. We're going to join Jesus in our weakness, that Jesus in his weakness, that Jesus became weak so that he could actually become strong and overcome our sinful death. And so we join Jesus in weakness and we become strong with him. Today, we're going to talk about how we join Jesus in that weakness. And we're going to talk about repentance. We're going to talk about this word, repentance, Let's first jump in to John chapter 20, verse number 10, and it says, Then the disciples, this was Peter, and this was John himself, the author of the book that we're reading from, their personal account. They just had a personal account with coming to the tomb that Jesus had been laid in, and the tomb is empty. So this is Peter and John, says, then the disciples, Peter and John, went back to their homes. But Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this she turned She turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? And then he goes on and he asks this question, who is it you are looking for? And thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and she cried out in Aramaic, Rabbanai which means teacher or great master. In verse 17, Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. And she said with great exclamation, I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. Today, what I want to do is I want to talk through this idea of repentance. And there's really just three key things that I'm going to talk about. And the number one thing I'm going to talk about is that repentance takes you beyond remorse. And so for us to understand repentance, I think we have to understand what it means. I'm going to define repentance, but I'm going to define for you what it's not. The word repent or repentance means to change of mind. It's the change of mind. It occurs when a radical turning to God takes place, an experience in which God is recognized as the most important focus of, of one's existence. Let me let me say that again. Repentance is a change of mind. It occurs when a radical turning to God takes place. A radical turning to God takes place. An experience in which God is recognized as the most important focus of one's existence. This is repentance. Now, let me define for you what remorse is. Remorse is deep and painful regret for wrongdoing. Remorse is deep and painful regret. For wrongdoing. Now, the reason why I'm, I'm juxtaposing these two and I want us to understand the difference between the two is because most often I think in our culture, we confuse remorse for repentance. Remorse may say, I'm sorry for my actions. Remorse might express feeling and emotion. It might even bring compassion, but only repentance brings change. Repentance is not remorse. But we need to understand that remorse is necessary for repentance. Let me say that again. Repentance is not remorse, but remorse is necessary for repentance. In 2 Corinthians 7.10, listen to what Paul says. He says, Godly sorrow, that word sorrow, grief or sadness, godly sorrow, brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow brings death. But worldly sorrow brings death. Remorse, sorrow, grief, sadness is at the center of both ends of what's happening, life and death. One, it says that godly sorrow brings repentance. It brings a radical change, a radical turn from something that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But in this same scripture, it says that worldly grief, that worldly sorrow, that this idea of just worldly remorse without repentance brings death. Remorse carries, listen to me for a second, remorse carries the potential for change. Remorse carries the potential for change. But only repentance carries the power of change. In the last couple months, we've been experiencing some phenomenal crises in our country, but one of probably the biggest viral crises that we've been experiencing is racism. In fact, Right now, in the midst of everything going on, we're experiencing the devastating news of a young 25-year-old man who was out jogging in a neighborhood and was brutally murdered by two men. I have to mention today that Ahmad Arbery, the murder of this man because of the color of his skin, It may bring, this very act might bring deep sorrow or regret. It might bring remorse. In fact, it might bring compassion. But I have to tell you that we need radical change of repentance in our country when it comes to the violent, viral, and vicious act of racism. There is a stark difference between remorse and repentance. In fact, remorse grieves the consequences that you have to pay. Remorse grieves the consequences that you have to pay. But repentance grieves the consequences that Jesus had to pay. And there's a a shift. Repentance is the change of mind, a radical turn. And so in this case, remorse, yes, you might be remorseful and you're grieving the consequences that you are having to pay in the midst of your circumstance. But true repentance is going to place your heart in a posture that you're feeling that sorrow and that grief. You're feeling that remorse for the consequence that Jesus had to pay. Remorse may bring sorrow, but only repentance brings salvation. We have to move past deep sadness alone that will not save us. And we need to move toward a radical change that turns us. Which leads me to point number two, that repentance, it turns you. I love this picture of Mary standing in the garden. And we just read this in verse 15 of John 20 where she finally, she's standing and she's, for a second, I want you you to capture this picture. She's, She's standing in the garden. She's looking into the grave. She's looking into the tomb. She's looking into where Jesus was once lying, where Jesus was once resting in his death, in his old grave clothes, where Jesus was. She looks into where the old man was. And as she's looking into it, In verse 15 of chapter 20, Jesus approaches her, that Jesus is approaching you this morning as you look into perhaps some things in your life that are dead that you think might bring life to you, that you think somehow there's something there for you to hold on to. There's something comfortable in your dysfunction of your death. There's something there that you want to run to, and you're looking into those things, and Jesus is approaching you. He's coming near to you, and he's asking you a question like he did Mary. He says, woman, why are you crying? See, she was feeling deep emotion, wasn't she? She she maybe was feeling the remorse of not getting to the tomb fast enough. Then maybe, maybe just maybe, if I would have gotten here quicker, I'm regretting the fact that I didn't get up a little bit earlier in the morning, that, I, that maybe I didn't need to do my hair quite as long, that maybe I didn't need to prepare uh, quite as much, maybe I should have prepared the night before so that I could have gotten up earlier. And perhaps she's standing there and she's feeling this emotion because she's weeping at this point she's crying at this point she's feeling some deep emotion at this point point. and Jesus does this miraculous thing is he asks her this question why are you crying why are you feeling such emotion as if he knows in fact I believe he knows the answer to the question before he asked it because he goes on to say who is it that you're looking for He's posing a question to her that seems somewhat rhetorical from his position because he knows that she's looking into something that's empty, that only death can produce emptiness. And life is speaking to her. And I love this scripture because it says that as he speaks to her and she answers, she doesn't quite understand, she doesn't quite see that it's him. She starts to turn. Perhaps in your life and in my life, we hear the voice of God and we're facing the things that are dead and we start to turn. We focus as we swing and we look and we don't quite see that it's Jesus. Maybe we're half focused on what was and we're not completely focused on what's coming. Maybe we're half focused on what's dead and gone and we haven't quite gotten into focus what's risen and what's alive. And there's this moment that she's caught in the turn and Jesus is saying to her, why are you crying? Who is it you're looking for? She says, sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him because I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go get him. And with one word, with one word, Jesus wants you to know this morning. As you face things that feel like you're bearing the burden and the weight and the destructive nature of death, he speaks your name just like in this moment to Mary. He simply spoke and he says, Mary. Ah. There's a moment in all of our lives when we're experiencing the motion, we're experiencing the emotion, the potential of change. And Jesus calls us from facing impending destruction and death. And he calls on our name as as we're starting to turn and we're, we're trying to focus on what's going on. And maybe we're a bit rattled and he calls our name. And in that moment, she has perfect clarity and she knows. And it says, she turned toward him. Mary has now turned away from all the things that are dead and gone. That when Jesus calls your name, what he's calling you away from are all the things that you walked in, all the things, you know, all the habits that you're stuck in, all the things that you're trying to, to get past on your own, that you feel really bad about, that you feel sorrowful, that maybe even you're crying over, but you have not experienced change over. And he calls you. He says, Mary turns, and as she turns toward him, her full focus and gaze is now on what is risen and no longer on the grave. And she cries out, she declares who Jesus is over her life. As Jesus calls you this morning, by name, this is the power That there was a moment in my life that Jesus called me by name. That this morning, Jesus is calling you by name. Not only is he calling you by name, he's calling areas of your life by name. Some of you have turned and faced Jesus, and you've given your life, quote-unquote, your life to Jesus, and you're facing him, and you're focusing on him, but you're still dealing with some things in your life. There's areas of your life. See, we repent and give our life to Jesus. Then there's the process of repenting as we walk through humanity and we're walking through, our salvation out. We're walking what Jesus did on the cross. We're walking that out because we're still this side of heaven and we still, we're going to fail and we're going to fall sometimes. Perhaps some of you have areas of your life that still represent the grave and you're, you're focusing on Jesus, but maybe you, you, you need to turn completely from these other things. And I'm telling you, he's calling you by name and he's calling those things out by name. Repentance requires you to turn from what's old and to turn to what is new and risen. I love Ephesians 4. It says in verse 22, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your what? Your old self. Old self? This is what you got to say. You may need to stand up right now. Your kids are jumping all over the place. Moms, right now you're at home and it's like there's no break for Mom. Single moms, I want to tell you, we see you. We see the work that you're putting in. Moms whose husbands are deployed, moms whose husbands are busy and they're working, we see you. And in the midst of all this that's going around in your home right now, spilling orange juice, coffee brewing, bacon burning, (laughs) eggs scrambling. This is what I want you to do. It's like we literally have this moment when we're taught in regard to our former way of life to look at our old self and say, Old self, it's time for me to turn and put you off. Because I'm going to turn away from what is dead and away from what represents destruction and deceit in my life. And I'm going to turn toward what is living, toward what is risen. I'm going to put off you, old self, I'm going to put off you old way of thinking. I'm going to put you off old way of walking. And I'm going to put on something that's new. I'm going to walk with a different walk. I'm going to talk with a different walk. Because I've been called by name by a living God. And I no longer am buried under the burden and the deceit of all things that are dead. And I now stand living with a risen God. And his name is Jesus and he's calling you by name today. We're to put off our old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. This is what Ephesians says, to be made new in the attitude of your minds. Tell yourself right now, say, mind, you can say it right now. I'm looking at you. I see you <laughs> right where you're at. You can look at me. I'm talking to you. And this is what I want. We're going to say it together. Say, mind, you're getting a new attitude. Say it again. mind. You are getting a new attitude today. It's new attitude time. So, repentance is a turning. <laughs> but without the radical change of that turn, we are going to continue to see death and destruction. The same death and destruction that we keep repeatedly seeing, as young men like Ahmad Arberry are murdered in the street. And how long will we go before we say this is enough? And when Jesus calls you by name, you you have a decision to make. This is the decision. Old dude. I'm putting you off. And I'm telling my mind right now, you're getting a new attitude and you're turning, you're turning towards your new self. You have a decision right now. Jesus is calling your name. I, I feel like this is a word from the Lord. I felt like this morning, God actually said to me, Pat, I feel like our nation has an opportunity. Our nation as a people has an opportunity to stand and say, nation, we are putting off our old man and we are turning and getting a new attitude in our mind, and we are facing what has risen. This is both personal, and this is public. And I love the good news that God gives us. That when we turn, there's something that's refreshed in our spirit. Can you feel it? Can you feel when you, When you said, old man, you're gone, and you turned toward what was new, you could you could hear it in my, you could see it. You, you could see something was changing even in me as I was communicating it to you, but something changed in Mary. Because the truth is repentance refreshes you. I love this. And Acts 3.19 says, repent, then and turn. Repent. Repent means to turn. Repent. Old man, old stuff, old walk, old ways, Repent, and do what? And turn to God. Repent, turn from old stuff, new stuff, old man, new man, dead ways, risen ways. I am now standing. Repent and turn to God. But here's the promise attached to it. So that your sins may be wiped out. Oh, but it doesn't end there. That times of refreshing may come. (laughs) The times of refreshing may come from the Lord. This word refreshing, we need to dig down on this a little bit. The times of refresh—I'm not talking about like a little a little spiritual Febreze. I'm not talking about you know maybe maybe the old clothes you were wearing over here with the old man just need a little freshen up. We just need to put them on the clothesline, the spiritual clothesline, and we just need to spray the dead man with some spiritual Febreze, and we're good to go. We can we can just keep wearing our old dead self. Refreshing. This is what it means. It's a recovery of breath. It means revival. When you look this word up, it's recovery of breath and revival. What this means is, is that we may be physically breathing, but we're spiritually breathless. We may be, when I'm facing the old man, I'm physically breathing. I'm alive. I'm physically breathing, but I'm spiritually dead. I am physically have breath, but I spiritually am breathless. I have no breath in me. And when I repent and I turn to God and he wipes away all my sin, he wipes away all that old stuff, and I turn to God and I'm now facing God. He breathes spiritual life. He gives me the breath of life that I need spiritually that has been lost. That as a nation, we can turn from the old ways and the old habits, the old routines and rituals And we can turn toward what is new, and he breathes a new life, and he revives. I believe God wants to actually move in renewal, refreshing, and revival. I believe that the time that we're in right now is a time of quickening. I don't think God is sitting back and saying, I want to take my time while my creation deals with all this mess. He is ready, and he is waiting, and he's calling our name, and it's up to us if we want to turn. And he wants to do a right now new thing. He wants to do a right now new thing in the midst of our right now old circumstances. Somebody better shout in the middle of the comment section. You better, like, all caps, amen, exclamation points. Stand up and shout at your TV, slap the person sitting next to you. I always say, you better slap somebody. I need a t shirt. Hashtag, you better slap somebody. Somebody make me a t shirt. There's this thing that what happens is, is, you know, as we hit the refresh, as we repent and we hit the refresh, it reminds me, the picture that I get is sometimes when I'm sitting on my computer, I like to listen to YouTube music while I study. And I just have YouTube music playing. Like, ra- raise your hand to the TV or your screen if, if you do this. I just have music playing. I just have worship music playing as I'm studying. And I'm just like, God, I just need your focus. I need your focus right now. I need to feel you right now. I need to hear you right now. And then something miraculous happens. I don't know if this happens to your internet. It happens to me. That the page, all of a sudden, it stops playing music. And that little wheel, it starts spinning. And my page is buffering. It's trying to load. (laughs) And I get so frustrated sometimes. I'm like, oh my gosh, I just want to hear the music. And what I do is I reach up on my computer. I stop what I'm doing. I reach up. I'm interrupted in my moment, and I reach up and I hit command R. And command R refreshes the page. I, I, I get this picture in my head that some of us need to hit command R in your life, that your life is buffering. That you're sitting and you're just spinning on the same things. And it's this cycle that you can't get off of. It's a merry-go-round that you can't stop. You keep running back to the same addictive behaviors. You keep running back to the relationships that are unhealthy. You keep running back to the mindsets and the ways that the old man used to do things. And God wants to reveal to you today that repentance brings refreshing and it's a right now thing. God wants to do a new thing in your life. I can't wait till all of you are with me so I can hear you shouting me down on this platform, screaming amen. Isaiah 43, 19, I'm going to end with this. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? Do you not perceive right now? Do you not perceive? Did Mary not perceive? Mary missed it at first. She turned, but she didn't recognize. Her focus was still somewhat taken off on the old things. Are you perceiving? Is your focus straight? Do you have clarity? Do you see that God wants to do a new thing when we turn and we repent and he wipes away our sins and he refreshes us? Do you see that he wants to do a new thing because he says in Isaiah that I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making way in the wilderness and streams and the wasteland the with place that you're standing you it seems like and you think that you're standing in a desert where sheer death and destruction are meant to come to you and what I'm saying is God wants to refresh you God wants to bring fresh living streams of water to you in the midst of circumstances that you think that he can't repair and he can't restore Ha! not my God Today is the day. Today is the day. Right now is the moment. This is for you. It is a command-R moment. Let me ask you this question this morning. What areas of your life needs a Jesus refresh today? What areas of your life needs a command-R moment? You know these things. You know the things that you've been stuck in. You know the things that you just keep going round and round about. And you, you, you need to reach out spiritually and just command R. Jesus has given you the ability to command R right now. You just command R. You just need to refresh. You need to reboot. You need to get. You need the reviving breath of God in the middle of those things. What are those things? Can I ask all of you to be praying about our country What are the areas in our country that perhaps we need to command our moment? We need that command our moment in our country. Perhaps there are things that we need to repent of in our country. I want to tell you right now that we need to repent in our country of turning our backs on our black brothers and sisters who were made in the beautiful image of God. And compassion will no longer take us to the finish line. But radical change of repentance is what is needed. Today is a command R, a command R moment in day. For some of you, you've never you've just never. Given your old life, you've never taken that old stuff. You've never heard this message. You, you didn't realize the depth of the goodness of what God wants to do through his son Jesus. And you've never taken this old stuff, this old area of your life. And turned and placed it. You've been crying about things. But you haven't gone to the cross with those things this morning's that morning. Right where you're at, just, I, w- I want you to pause for a second right where you're at. You don't need to close your eyes. You don't, some of you, I, I understand, maybe you're, again, I, I understand, maybe you're sitting in the living room and there's things going on. You don't need to close your eyes, but I'm going to close my eyes because I, w- I want to be focused right now on what God is doing in your life. What God is speaking to me about. And I don't want any area of my life unturned. I don't want to leave to chance the radical change that Jesus wants to make in my life. If you've never, ever, ever placed this old life that you have in the hands of Jesus this morning, this is for you. Listen, I want you to just say this. You can say it quietly in your heart, and your head. You can say it out loud. Jesus... I take my old self and I put it off and I turn and I lay it down at your feet. You have called my name here this morning. That we as a people are being called together on mission to turn embrace the remorse but move past it into repentance and to be refreshed and find life and revival if you prayed that prayer this morning of just giving Jesus your old self and turning to you I want you to I want you to do this simple thing this is very simple this is important to us Because we know the decision you just made is important to you and it's important to God. Could you do me a favor? Could you just take your phone out and text at some point? Just text JESUS111 to the number 94090. This seems like a very simple step. In fact, it is a very simple first step, but it is a wildly important first step for you to step into Step out of and away from the old and step into what is new and risen and what God has for you. So I'm gonna ask you this morning, would you text Jesus111 to the number 94090? We have a team that's been waiting and praying for you that wants to connect with you personally as you make a personal decision to turn toward Jesus and have a radical change in your life. And we want to be sure to be there with you. Family, for the rest of us, we're praying for you. Be praying for our nation. Be praying for the people that we interact with. Be praying for our families. Be praying for the time that we get to stand shoulder to shoulder and face to face again. Because when that happens, there is going to be a party like you've never seen. And we are looking forward to that day. We pray it soon. We look forward to seeing you on Wednesday night. And we look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Happy Mother's Day again. We love all of you. Thank you. And we'll see you soon.